Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to talk about how the last campaign went? Yeah, there was really some stuff that I was hoping we could chat about because there were some things I really loved, actually. Cool. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your host, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And on tonight's episode, we are answering a question from Josh, a story on Twitter, who said, At Pandas Talk Games, there's a lot of info out there about session zeros, but do you have any advice for post-campaign debriefing sessions? After any group effort, it's always beneficial to go over the strengths and weaknesses of your endeavor, but how do you do it without killing the mood? The mood. The mood. I'm all yeah. about I'm all about the mood. The mood. <laughs> I don't know about oh. you, but I'm oh definitely boy. I'm definitely oh boy. about the mood. <laughs> the mood. Well, before we can get into this mood, uh, we have to define some things so that we can have this conversation. So do you want to uh, give us some definitions, definition panda? Yeah, we probably just need to have like a little bit of a discussion. Um, mm-hmm. but we should talk about the word debrief. Um, right, so debrief is a series of questions about a comp- uh, a completed uh, mission or performance, right? Completed, mm-hmm. complicated. I don't remember. I wrote it. I jotted it uh, down. Yeah, completed. I think. Yeah, completed sounds it right. It could be complicated or it could be easy. It's just the key thing is that you did it. Yeah, it's yeah. Done. You you did it. It's <laughs> done. You need to talk about it, right? Yeah. Um, the debrief is a tool to find out how you're doing and a chance to. Um, both fix things in the future and continue doing things that were done well. Um, so debriefs are one of those things that is fractal when it comes to gaming, mm-hmm. um, right? Because you can you can have them occur after a session, a story, a story arc, or a campaign. And the one that I think we're the most used to, because I think I have it noted later in the notes, but I'll mention it here really quickly, is the um, session debrief, right? And... I always wonder, because we've established these terms a long time ago, um, I'm going to redefine them really quick. Session yeah. session is the thing you do online or at the table that night, that day, whatever, from the time you guys get together till the time you guys leave. Um, that is uh, a session. A story is one complete story, right? A story can be done in one session or not, right? Sometimes a session takes multiple um Sometimes a story takes multiple sessions. That's why we break those two apart. A story arc then is a much bigger story told by a number of stories that kind of go through some sort of progression, the most common free talks pyramid, right? Uh, And a campaign is some number of story arcs that are um, linked together by a continuity, a passage of time and like common characters. Mm Mm-hmm. All righty. Cool. So the most common debrief we know about is like the session debrief, which um, can be as informal as, uh, hey, how was tonight's game? Yep. <laughs> um, or it can be more ordered and structured like roses and thorns. Dream, uh, what is it? Um, wishes and dreams. Yeah. Wishes and dreams. Like yeah. Those kinds of things. Right. Like so there are there are methodologies that we use for session debriefs. But um, 
we don't often talk about debriefing at, at the higher fractal levels, right? So at, at story, story arc, and campaign. And specifically, our, our topic tonight is Josh is talking about post-campaign. Uh, but everything that we're going to say here works down the fractal, right? That's why I call it fractal in nature, right? Because what we're going to talk about at post-campaign will apply at story arc, story, etc. I wouldn't do it for session because what we're going to talk about is like a little more robust, and I, I wouldn't do it for something. Um, I wouldn't do it for something like how did we play tonight? Let's talk about this in a very structured and long term, like long <laughs> manner. Let's talk about this for as long as we played. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it gets a no, little no, silly. Right? There's a there's a diminishing point of like there's diminishing returns on that. Yeah. Okay. Debrief has the com- connotation of being deeper, more in depth. Right? We are debriefing a thing, as opposed to check in. Right, check-in is a faster, more informal method. So we might not do a debrief at the uh, session level, but we might do a check-in. Yeah. Right, a check-in is more of like, hey, how was tonight's game? And a session debrief might be more like um, roses and thorns, dreams and wishes. Mm-hmm. Or, okay. of course, back down to just like, hey, how did you feel like tonight's session went? Good, awesome. That's definitely a check-in. Yeah, that's right. You're just that's checking in. Saying. Yeah, and you can do and and to get even more fractal, right? You can do check-ins in the middle of a session. Oh yeah, right. Yep. Like everybody good, right? That's a, that's kind of check-in. Everybody having fun, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of check-in. All right, but we're going to focus on debriefs tonight uh, because uh, we're going to do a little more in depth and we're looking to collect a little more information. Yeah. But why even do a debrief? Well. So sometimes you're talking about a subject and then you lose your place in the notes because you sneezed a couple seconds ago and then your co-host passes you the mic. Um, so one of those things you might talk about in a debrief is how to potentially avoid that. Why don't you just ask me where we are? Your allergy medicine a little bit earlier in the day. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> how about the part where it says, why do we do a debrief? No. Yeah. No, I, I was looking at that part. Yeah. Um, it's just, you already said the first part. So, um, cool. But we, that's called a setup. Yeah. I was setting you up to jump into the next segment. Right? Isn't it great that I don't edit these anymore? Here, let's, you know what? Now that people have seen the behind the scenes, watch as we do it smoothly, what it looks like. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So a debrief is a debrief. is like a more in-depth thing and we're going to do it to collect more information. But Senda, why do we even do a debrief? Um, so we, we usually do it because we want to, um, get more information as a GM to be growing and honing in, um, on our craft and basically constantly improving that. Um, we often don't do the post campaign debriefs, um, because sometimes life stops us. Sometimes it's because we've been playing this forever. We want to move on to the next shiny. And sometimes, you know, if we stopped that campaign and maybe there wasn't even a conclusion, maybe someone moved out of town, the campaign fell apart because the, you know, social structure fell apart. Um, Somebody had to start working on a different night, whatever it was, right? Somebody had a baby. Um, That'll kill a campaign. Um, And then, you know, you didn't necessarily get the chance to even have a story conclusion. You're unlikely to necessarily have um, a debrief after that game ends, right? Um, Yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah, it is a challenge. So whether you do them formally or informally, the value proposition is that you as the GM get the opportunity to hear and learn um, stuff that you can look at specifically for next time or things that people really liked that you can make sure that you keep doing. Right. Absolutely. And 
just in case somebody's thinking like, well, I play a variety of different games. Like, why should I, you know, why would I do a debrief? Because I'm not going to play this game again, right? I'm, I'm not going to play Cartel again. You know, I'm going on to play, um, I don't know, Tales from the Loop. Why should I do a debrief? Uh, because the things that we do in campaigns, the story structures, the techniques, the the way we set things up, the way we use NPCs, those are kind of universal. Yeah. Right? So, so we learn as game masters with every game we run, with every campaign that we do, whether it finishes cleanly or not. Mm-hmm. We could do a whole episode no on <laughs> on campaign endings because they, they have different ways that they complete um, and, and they just do, right? So, uh, but we can learn like every time that we are behind the screen, it is a learnable experience. In fact, even when we're not behind the screen, when you are a player, you mm. can still be learning as a GM. Absolutely. Or even um, listening to podcasts. Like if you listen to, um, I mean, hopefully we are helping be informative, but like that's our purpose. Uh, what I'm saying is if you're listening to actual play podcasts and you enjoy the way that someone is running a game, you can still be picking things up about how to run a game, whether you are playing in a game and someone else is running it or you're listening to someone run a game, whatever that is, right? I will put one asterisk with that. Mm-hmm. In general, I agree 100% with that answer. Oh, yeah. But I will say that pod, I will say that actual plays that are highly engineered for entertainment consumption yeah. don't always reflect actual GMing. Reality. Yeah. The thing to remember with podcasts is that they can be edited and engineered. Um, the ones that I tend to listen to are mostly edited for like content and smoothness of listening. And if you're listening to that kind of thing where they mostly leave everything in, that's one thing. If you're listening to something that's been polished into basically an audiobook, then don't expect that to be realistic at your table. Like, <laughs> I have but, this, I have this very inappropriate analogy I want to make that compares. Um, oh boy, that, that compares oh, think- certain certain AP podcasts to a certain ancestral fortress. I was um, gonna say, does it involve um, spicy accountants? Uh, actually, because- <laughs> involves it involves a certain ancestral fortress, right? So, yes, good. Um, I'll, I'll say ancestral. it for your benefit and other people who know this inside <laughs> joke. Um, but highly polished, highly polished APs are to actual role playing like the things that happened in the ancestral fortress are to actual kink. Yes. There. Okay. Good. <laughs> Right. It's not that they aren't wow. actually. It, it isn't that those shows aren't actually role playing. They are. They are. But what they're showing you is right. They're not showing you all the messy, incomplete mm-hmm. bits and the setups and and all that stuff. Much like at the fortress, right? Um, <laughs> at the fortress, you see the fu- you see the finished product and not all the like work that goes into setting it all up. Right there, we go. For those of you who know that what that is, you'll all be set. For the rest of you who don't, you're probably better off. <laughs> good with that. Sounds like you're good with that. Oh my god, where are we in these notes? We are talking about, and I'll jump in because you're you've got the giggles for a second. Oh. We're talking about planning post campaign debriefs. Um, yeah. You touched on this. You touched on this a bit. Post campaign debriefs are one. I think they're harder to do, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Two, I don't think we're really. I say we as in general. We don't really think about doing them. Like I think a lot of people nowadays are getting really like getting much better at session zero. Like I see on Twitter, people talk about session zeros all the time now. 
right? Yeah. Doing session zero, had a great session zero, like that kind of thing. I don't think, and, and, and let me pause. And I think that people do a much better job on session check-ins and debriefs, right? Like, you know, especially like, you know, the gauntlet crews are very good about doing session debriefs, those kinds of things. Those I think are very good um, because I think session debriefs give you um, an idea of how things went that session. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A post campaign debrief tells you how things unfolded over the entire course of a session or of a campaign. I'm sorry, of a campaign, right? Which is a very different thing to look at because it's one thing to say like, oh, we had some really kick-ass sessions. It's another thing to say that, oh, your like 10-session lead-up to Baron Von Badass went off extremely well. Yeah. That's a whole different set of skills and a whole different set of feedback that you wind up collecting. So I have an interesting just note here Mm -hmm. um, that occurred to me, which is that... Um, I think everything you just said is is pretty true on a general level. And of course, there are probably people out there who are doing this all the time, right? But like, as a general thing, um, I think anecdotally, you know, we can all pretty much agree that many of us do not do campaign debriefs. Um, I think the exception to that that we just should point out is that in LARP, it's not only common, it's usually written in. I'm going to argue that LARP is, though, in most cases with the exception of some structures, LARPs are almost always sessions. Yeah, but when the session has lasted for like 48 hours because it's been a multi-day okay, thing, I would, would kind of call yes. that. Yeah. I, that. That is then a story debrief. And I, and again, we've talked yeah. about there is definitely value it's for fresh, that. Yes, right? and LARP is very good at this. LARP is good at this, um, doing debriefs even for se- like story slash session when it's like four hours and then like mm-hmm. you said, structured when it's much longer. Yeah, but so I that's, think- that is a thing I just wanted to call out is like, yep. I do think that what we're talking about, um, we should specify that we're really kind of talking about tabletop where I think there's a, we don't which tend is, to drive towards that. Which is our specialty. It is, but I wanted to say it. No, it's fine. I just last night. It's on my mind. Perfectly fine. ghosts. It was great. We'll get to it when we get to the lounge. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so... Yep, go ahead. Okay, good. Um, The thing about debriefing is that because it requires you to be really thinking about what just happened, um, if you wait too long to do it, then your memories and feelings about what was happening will fade and you won't remember as many of the details to give as much feedback. Um, So usually we'd recommend, you know, not doing the debrief more than a week or two after you concluded the campaign. Um, I have an interesting note on this, which is something that I know applies to me personally. And so it may apply to other people as well. Um, sometimes when I have just finished a thing, it is difficult for me to think through all of the pieces and process all of the stuff that just happened. So like, it's one thing to take time directly after a campaign and be like, wow, that was amazing. And like, maybe de-roll if you've been really invested, um, you know, whatever, you know, you need to kind of come down from that and then enjoy that high of like ending a really good game because hopefully that's what happened. It would be difficult for me personally to give really constructive and thoughtful um, feedback at that point because I'm riding a bunch of emotions and a bunch of high feelings and a bunch of hopefully good dopamine chemicals from playing an awesome game. Um, so I think it's really important to have a debrief close on the heels of a campaign conclusion. But the way that tabletop works, um, 
that doesn't necessarily mean that you will get the best feedback if you go directly from the conclusion into the debrief. Yeah, I, I am also, uh, I'm also in agreement with this, right? I, I know I put in the notes, like, ideally, you would do this right after. And I think your point is actually even better that it's probably harder to do after. Also, I will say this, usually the campaign conclusion takes a full session yeah. to do. So <laughs> yeah. you're not going to stay longer. Right. You're not yeah. going to. But I will go back to my, um, I'll go back to that earlier statement. You can't wait yeah, like can't a month wait to long. do this. Like no. you got to do this your next time you come to the table. Yes. 100% because, agree. Because, and I know this because I, I will, um, and the reason I jumped all over this topic is that um, in project management, right, where I, where I bread, where I um, butter my bread. Yes. Um, in project <laughs> management, we have a thing called a lessons learned, uh, which we do at the conclusion of a project. And I can tell you from experience, the longer you go mm-hmm. from the, and when I say conclusion of the project, it's usually like launch or go live or into production or whatever. The longer you wait yeah. from that moment to doing it, the quality of the information you get drops. Because yeah. like I said, people will, uh, your memories will start to simplify Yep. The experience for storage, mm-hmm. your feelings will cool off, mm-hmm. um, and the little things that might be important to fix later will kind of just vanish. So yeah, yeah you got to like just hit this thing the session after. It, it Amazing, me, amazing if you could do it the day you ended your thing, but yeah. for all the reasons you said, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, there's actually a piece of this, which is, to be honest, if there are hot feelings that are not good feelings about the campaign, then it's probably better to give those a little bit of cool off time (laughs) before you have the conversation. Having said that, I think that there are things you can ask your players to do, like, um, you know, uh, in the next couple of days before we get back together, if there's anything that is leaping out at you that you want to make sure that you remember, like, jot it down, right? So in a moment... We're going to talk about a structure. We're, yeah, we're going to talk about. Action. We're going to talk about a structure, and so I will. T- and when we get to that, I will kind of talk to you about how I do my lessons learned. Yeah. And in a way that's similar to that, we'll actually address just what you said. Yeah. Um, about jotting some stuff down. So the thing is, um, the thing is, we don't make time for these, right? Because usually the session after we've concluded a campaign winds up being session zero or yeah, session minus game. one. Yeah. Minus one being the what game are we going to play next? Yes. <laughs> get together, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't often at the end of a big campaign say, you know what we need to do is finish the campaign. We need to have a debrief. Then like, you know, maybe, and maybe you could mix it, right? Let's do the debrief for an hour or so, and then let's pick our new game. Yeah. Right. We sh- that's how we should be doing it. Yeah. And then roll into our session zero. Or if we know what game we're going to play next, let's do our debrief and let's start our session zero, whether we finish it or not in yes. that session. Yeah, that's what we should be doing. I don't think we do it. And I say I don't think and I'm sure based on the Internet, the fact that I say I don't think we're doing it. People are going to pop up and be like, I totally do it every campaign I ever finish. That's excellent. Yeah, I good, don't do good it. Good job. Good job. Right. I haven't I don't, done it. <laughs> right. I don't do it. I'm a pretty seasoned GM and I like <laughs> to think I'm pretty typical in a lot of things. I have not been doing post-campaign debriefs. And I mean debriefs in the more formal sense. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. I have done plenty of check-ins. Yes, absolutely. I, I do check-ins all the time. Like mm-hmm. I do check-ins 
um, continuously because I'm making like like small changes. But yeah. am I going back and looking at how well did my campaign execute? No, I'm not. Should I? Yes, I probably should. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. All right. Cool. Cool. <laughs> let me um, let me now introduce yes. a structure for doing this. We'll I will there. do the parts written in black if you want to do the parts in blue. Okay, I can do okay. that. Yes. That way we could that way there'll be two voices for yes. this because otherwise that's not otherwise that's not very much fun at all. Well, I mean, it's fine. I like listening to no, you talk. No, <laughs> it's fine if you like listening to me talk. I'm pretty sure people come to this podcast not to just hear me ramble. So Good. It, Carry on. It's important we share voice in this. Okay. Um so as I said before, there's no one way to debrief uh, anything. Like you could just sit around and be like, how did that campaign go? Right. And just have a conversation about it. That's totally legitimate debrief. Uh, but like I said, in project management, we do a thing that's called lessons learned specifically for this, right? Like this is an exercise we do as, um, as project managers. I do it uh, multiple times a year at, at the conclusion of my projects, I schedule my project, my lessons learned. Um, it is a way to wrap up. Um, it's a way to wrap up the project as well as to capture a bunch of things. I'm going to talk about what we capture in a second. Now, I'm going to first go. We'll first go through the um, sections of the of of the of the debrief, right? Of the lessons learned. And then I'll talk to you about how I kind of set it up, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about some rules for when you actually have a face to face to talk about it. So, yeah. Um, first of all, this is, these are the, I only ask three questions. Okay. Okay. I just ask three questions in my lessons learned. Um, and again, this is what you should, you could be using for your campaign debrief. So the first one is what went well? Yeah. This is the stuff that you want to be able to do again. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So anything that people are like, oh, I really love that reveal or that set piece encounter that we did, you know, like, like yeah. Cool. More of this. More Check. of this. Yep. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. What could have gone better? This is the stuff that you don't want to do again because it didn't work very well or that you yep. need to address the failing that made it not work well before you attempt it again. Yeah, root cause is actually the important thing here. It's like once somebody says something that could have gone better, then it's like, cool, let's figure out why it didn't go well. And a lot of times people might know, right? Like, so the player might be like, your reveal, like, um, it came too quickly, like on the heels of something else. Like I I was barely coming down from one thing when you hit the reveal. And so it was like a little too much or um, that set piece encounter was too complicated, Right. Like, you know, it was cool that you wanted to go for this 3D thing, but we actually spent more time like trying to get the miniatures to work than like actually playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what could have gone better? Uh, The next one is, and I'll just, let me preface this by saying this is neither good nor bad. Yeah. What surprised us, right? Because surprises can be good surprises or bad surprises. Yeah. And basically this is about where did your expectations not align with what yep. ended up actually happening, whether that was good or bad, right? Correct, exactly. Yeah. And and the reason that's important, right? The reason that's important is because um, what surprised us tells us that somehow we missed those, like you said, so like we missed those expectations, which means that we have an opportunity in the future to make sure that we set them properly. Yeah. Right, so perhaps um, it turns out that everybody liked the fact that um, our traveling caravan wound up staying, um, it, you know, at this outpost for most of the campaign. Yeah. 
right? But maybe that wasn't the way the campaign was originally pitched, right? So, like, when somebody says, like, oh, what surprised me was, like, we never left, you know, Outpost, you know, 5, but I actually really liked Outpost 5 and the rest of the campaign that took, like, that went from there. So, it was a surprise, but I was cool, right? That's a thing... Go ahead. I was going to say, I kind of ran that campaign. It started out as a traveling circus. Um, and then, like, we traveled into one town, planted the circus there, and then the circus never left there. But yeah. I also had characters basically break off and, like, resolve the campaign away from the circus when the whole point of the campaign was to join the traveling circus. So it was funny, but, like, it, it ended well, and, like, Andy still talks about the end of it. Um so, you know, it was a good yeah. surprise, but it surprised I, all of us because of the way that I GM. <laughs> well, and exactly. And so, like, this is a thing where it's like, okay, cool. Was that, like, is that a thing we need to talk about in Session Zero? Yeah. Like, in future games? Like, if we're talking about playing a game that's traveling, you know, do we just need to, um, do we need to agree? Like, maybe everybody got, like, super attached to things going on in the yeah. outpost and then didn't want to leave. Like, Whatever should was, we, yeah. you know, do we- or should we you know, or the next time we say we're going to do a traveling game, just assume that we're traveling to one place and then stay there. Like, right. Or like just accommodate for like, we may fall in love with a spot and stay. Exactly. Or we may keep traveling. Correct. Like we'll like maybe at the end of a story, we'll all decide, is it time to pick up stakes and move on or not? Yeah. So that's, so like, that's the, like what surprised us part. And again, not all bad. It like there are, you know, bad surprises are, you know, bad. And then, you know, good surprises are like what we call, you know, like um, opportunities, right? Like (laughs) things you, um, okay. And then the last part of it, which isn't a question is just changes for next time, right? So like based on everything that we talked about, which is usually the surprised us and the um, could have gone better. Like if we are going to make changes in our upcoming games, what should we do? Right. And that the changes might be things like, hey, we're going to do another traveling campaign. So do we want to check in when we reach the end of a story arc and decide if it's time to travel or not? Right. And like, so the changes can be as small as, yeah, we're just going to create a moment where we have that conversation. Yeah. Maybe you started the campaign using the default set of lines and veils because like you've played with these people forever. Yep. But then realize that like you played a space horror game and, you know, maybe we should always revisit lines and veils. Right. Secret right. answer is yes, you should always you should. revisit lines and veils. But, but always, um, even if you do revisit lines and veils at the beginning of a campaign, you know, you can always continue to revisit them throughout the campaign. Absolutely. They're not static. Um, yeah. And one of the changes might be like, hey, based on this campaign, I think we've all learned um, we should just take this thing and put it in our lines. Yeah. Like we all hated whatever. Yeah. Like exactly. we all hated betrayals. Yeah. Like player betrayals. Let's just put that in our lines. Yeah. We don't do player betrayals anymore. That's for not group. a thing that happens anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, and so I do these with, uh, with my project teams, these exact questions, this exact format, right? I just have a um, page in our company wiki that I put in place with this, which goes to now what you were saying earlier about resolving feelings and the distance before you have this debrief. Yeah. What you can do is as you prep your final session for the campaign, is you can go into Google Docs. You can create this document, right? Four sections, 
what went well, what could have gone better, what surprised us. And then a section at the bottom changes for next time. You don't have people fill that in. You fill that in as a conclusion of the other three questions. Mm -hmm. You then, at the end of the session, you run your climax. Everybody's supercharged up, right? In having whatever feelings they're having. And you send out an email with a link and you say, cool, next session, we're going to do a, a full debrief on this. In the meantime, go put your thoughts under those questions mm -hmm. while they're still fresh. Just any time during the week, run in, put your thoughts underneath them, put your name next to it or whatever, however you want to format it. You can do like little, like I, when I do these in, um, at work, I have like a little grid under each one. Sure. Right. Like but, who said know, it? Like could be what's the root cause? But, color coded, whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is. Like you can, but you can just like, but have people do that because while it's in their head and while they have a week or more to process it, yes, they can get their stuff down. Then when they show up, it becomes you, you kind of read through the list, which uh, then have discussions about those things. But also as you start doing that, uh, everybody then starts having ideas. Yep. <laughs> um, because you don't want the blank page paralysis. Yeah. Right. You don't want the, you don't want the blank page paralysis where you show up to a blank page and it's like, okay, now everybody, you know, um, throw stuff up onto this page. It's so much better um, if you do it in advance. So I always do that in preparation. Like yeah. even for my lessons learned, what I usually do in my project management world is that I actually spend a couple of days filling it out with all the things that I, um, that are on my mind. Yeah. Then I put that up for everybody so that mm -hmm. when they get to it, it's not a blank page. Mm -hmm. And then they start putting stuff in. Then we have the actual meeting, which is what I want to talk about right now, because we're going to talk about the rules for the meeting. But um, before we get to the rules, I'll just talk about the format. Sure. When I do the format for this one to two hours, right, I don't focus on any one of those three questions. What I tell people is whatever comes to your mind, say it. We'll just fill it in. We'll put it under the question that it fits best under. Mm-hmm. Right. So don't like, don't like, I, so what I don't do, because I find it hard for people to um, sometimes focus on one thing. Like I don't start the um, debrief and go, what went well? That's all we're talking about for the next like 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Now we can talk about what could have gone better. Hmm. Now we talk about what surprise and it, that never seems to work. What works better is you just start with, um, okay, if anyone has a thing, just raise your hand um, tell me what it is. I'll put it under the appropriate thing. And then if it's quiet, I'll just start reading through them in, in like the, what went well, mm -hmm. you know, could have gone better, surprised us order. Right. I just kind of like read through them. But inevitably, once you start doing that, People everybody gets talking. In. Yeah. And then once everybody like calm, like gets comfortable, people will say stuff. Yeah. For that, then I have a couple ground rules when I do this in project management land. And I, Highly encourage you adopt these same um, I think they're important rules. ones, yeah. I think they're super important if you want this to be a positive experience. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, the first one is people need to be candid. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, so that's your truthful, straightforward, frank, like you don't want people to um, diminish their experience or exaggerate right. their experiences or to gloss over something that did in fact really bother them. Exactly. Right. Right. And and so I say that candid requires a certain amount of trust. But if you're playing this game, hopefully you've played this as a campaign. Hopefully you already have some of that trust that you're banking on. Yeah. Be candid. Next one, which I think is super important. Very, very important. 
is be kind. Yeah. And it's really important because even if you're giving negative feedback, the feedback should be directed not at the person as like you're bad because X, Y, Z, but it might be directed at an action or a stories thing that didn't work, like whatever it is. Um, for, for instance, that plot line was stupid. Yeah. Right? Is not. That's not kind. Right? Right. Or that, you, I did not enjoy that plot line. Yeah, that's, that's is, much that's, better. That's candid mm-hmm. and kind. It's not passing judgment, right? Because when I say this plot line was stupid, what I'm saying is, Senda, this plot line you wrote is yeah. stupid, ergo. You're like, stupid. Your, your creation was stupid. Yeah. Right? That's... That's, that's not going to help anybody. That's hard not to take personally. And it's a difficult thing to improve on because when you imply that, that someone is or creates things that are, you know, bad for whatever reason, um, what you are implying is that that's inherent to them and not something that they can actively work to fix. So yeah. when you can address it as a specific thing that is separate from them, like I am not a big fan of this particular thing that happens in stories. It tends to make me, you know, uncomfortable or disengage or, you know, it just isn't my thing, whatever it is. Then they can go, okay, cool. So when you are in my games, I'm not going to include that thing. And that's probably a terrible example because hopefully that's something you're addressing with lines and fails. Sure. But as a really simple way to just go with it, you know. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's a joke from Seinfeld, right? Like, this is not the airing of grievances, right? Yeah. This is, you are you are being kind and giving constructive criticism, but it is okay, right? It is okay when you are being candid and kind to say that something did not work for you, or mm-hmm. I did not get the emotional um, punch from that that I think you were expecting, right? Like, it's okay to say those things. Don't shame anyone don't hurt anyone's feelings because candid doesn't mean uh, i can say whatever i want and hurt people's feelings because that's you know i'm being candid no you're being a jerk right candid kind the last one which we touched on is don't blame others yes just because if you come at someone and you're like oh this game was awful because you know um so and so like just kept stealing all the spotlight or whatever like it's his fault um okay well that's (laughs) well that's gonna make so-and-so feel really defensive about how he was playing the game or um and probably the gm too who thought that they were sharing the spotlight around a little bit more than that right so um accusations slash blaming is probably not a constructive way to have a conversation about something and actually improve it next time because it causes a defensive response. You um, will almost never hear anything else after really it. really <laughs> hard to hear things when you're in a defensive place. Really yep. hard. And, and so just saying something like instead of, you know, instead of saying like Bob stole all the spotlight time, right? That's, that's not kind. That's blaming others, right? You can say like, I, you know, one of the things that didn't work for me was I thought that we like... I, I didn't feel like we moved the spotlight around fast enough. Right. And that's really valid and a thing that can be addressed. Yeah, because the GM could be like, wow, okay, I thought I was doing a good job with that. And then ask, like, you can have a conversation around that yeah. saying, 
you know, people could be like, no, like, you know, like when it was on me, like it was on me for a while, like people were fidgeting, whatever. And then it's like, oh, okay, good to know. Like I need to move the spotlight faster. And then you can even say things like, well, I was trying to wait for like the end of a scene or something. People be like, no, it's fine. We can hold on to a scene fragment in our heads. Yeah. You know, you can move it around. Yeah. 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 So So you have a conversation to address where, where the issue came from. Exactly. Right. So, and, and, and I say these things like, so in a room full of highly paid professionals, right? <laughs> I open my lessons learned with these three things. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I say yeah. this like I'm saying it to your campaign table. I have said this to like a room of C-level people. Yeah. Um, and you have to be remind candid, them to be, be kind, kind to each other yes. and not pass around blame. Right. Because the goal here in this debrief is not to punch people around. Yep. The goal here as in almost everything we do on this show, the goal here is to play better games. Mm -hmm. And the only way you're going to know how to improve using this tool is for this tool to yield honest information that you will want to do something about. Yes. Right. And so if you are hurt, If you are defensive, um, if you are pissed off at what people have said, it is going to be a lot harder to take anything useful from this and do anything constructive with it. This has to be a very low energy, not passionate. Yes. This has to be analytical. This has to be low energy. This has to be safe, right? Like that is how you're going to elicit this information. And then, because you're not charged up about it or anyone else is, when you do the last part, changes for next time, you can now look at even the hard things like that story arc really didn't do anything for me and be like, oh, okay, so that kind of story isn't appealing to this group. Duly noted. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, cool. and not, right? Not like your campaign arc was stupid. Yeah. Like, well, then fine, you run the game, jerk. Right? right? Like, <laughs> And and that right there is actually why I think it's a good idea to have just a little bit of breathing space between end of campaign and beginning of debrief um, because it gives you time to be able to address it in a very analytical way instead of if you have heated feelings about anything, then you don't want that stuff to just spill over all over the place, right? Yes. Before we conclude, I'm going to tell you a project ma- management nightmare story. Oh I boy. once ran a project. <laughs> I once I once ran a project that was such a disaster uh-huh. um, for so many reasons that we needed to do the lessons learned. But I knew that I was so mad at certain people, uh-huh. and other people were mad at other people in this meeting. Yes. I actually went and got my boss, who was the head of the project management, to run the project management meeting so that somebody neutral. Could, run could it. be in there to diffuse everything Oof. because I wanted like because I knew I was like furious at people like it was just it was like several it was was it one career ago yeah. um, and it was just a really bad project like it was a it, like it went it went wrong from the beginning and it just dumpster fired all the way through it never got better and then like it still needed a lessons learned because I knew there were things in it that needed to come out yep um and also this team needed to vent at each other, but I also knew that like I could not safely... You couldn't be the neutral party to keep that man Could not be neutral enough to do it, so I was That's, like... It just makes me think of the gif of the dumpster on fire floating down the river. Yes, that was... That I was, mean, floating yeah. down the flood, not the river, the street that's flooded, right? Right. Like, yeah. 
I hope that you never have a game that ever reaches that point. My if guess is if do, you have a game, you aren't likely to do this. You're probably not going to do a debrief because why would you ever play? You'll with probably those people just again? never play with those people ever. <laughs> yes. Exactly. You might do a personal debrief. Yes. Like, wow, this thing totally sucked. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, going all the way back to the top of the episode um, to Josh's question, uh, I do think campaign debriefs have value. I don't think we do a good job of making a space for them so we should and what we've done here today is give you a um, template by which to do one so that if you are interested in doing a campaign debrief uh, you're not left hanging well also and i think the answer to the mood issue is that if you do it next session you won't ruin the high of the current like campaign ending that you just did so there's your mood Yep, absolutely. So I think everything that we put in here, um, and again, uh, you know, just go back and listen to the structure thing for the three questions, and uh, more importantly, also listen to the rules, right? The Candid, rules kind, really don't blame others. Yeah. Those are really important if you really want to learn anything. Yeah. Cool, cool. Before we close out the show, Senda, tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Yeah. Um, well, on Bonus Experience, Ray and Monica are two old friends exploring gameplay and design through the lens of diversity, while also sharing some of the dumbest humor that gaming has to offer. And, uh, you know, sparkling water reviews. Yes. <laughs> and uh, peanut butter and onion sandwiches. Wow. The mayonnaise Close. is the part that really killed that for me. Really? Stop. I'm going to get sick. Okay. Um, Say, Senda. Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. Or you can do where I I hope our next topic came from, which is TikTok. I saw TikTok. We're going to do that one next? Yeah. 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 I think cool, so. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, or you can uh, drop either of us a note um, on TikTok or I have a video up you can stitch. Not duet. I don't know how TikTok works. I made that a long time ago. I should make a new one. Um, so you can stitch us and uh, leave us a request for a, uh, a, a a topic there as well. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, um, what can they do with that information that I've already just said? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what should you do? I'll tell you what you should do. You should do what Josh did today. You should ask us a question, uh, leave a topic, uh, suggestion, whatever it is. Um, however you word it, we'll figure out how to make a show out of it. It's kind of our magic power at this point. Um, but again, it goes to uh, this whole what this whole show is about, right? Which is helping you run better games. So we want to help you run better games. So we want to answer your questions, but also think of it this way. We are all GMs. We are all playing games and running games. Therefore, if you have an issue with a thing in like, in all likelihood, somebody else is having it as well. So when you bring it up and we answer it here on the show, you're not, we're not just helping you. Hopefully we're helping a couple of other people Mm -hmm. either right now or in the future when somebody finishes a campaign and goes, Hmm, remember pandas did that thing on debriefs let me go look at that episode yep yep <laughs> yeah so please do that um because we want really like look the whole purpose of this thing is uh we all want to run uh better games because we want to keep running games if game if running games wasn't fun we wouldn't do it yes so we so so if there's parts of running games that you're not enjoying like we want to help you 
make those better because the more you enjoy running a game, the more games you will run, the longer you will stay in this hobby. And for old timers like me, this hobby has meant a great deal to me throughout my life. And so stay in it if you can. So we're going to just make it better so that you want to stay in it. Um, So do that. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider going to our Patreon uh, campaign and supporting it. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get um, the Bamboo Lounge, the after show, and access to our awesome Slack Room for Life. I promise there'll be more stuff in the future. We are still kind of rocking the pandemic thing, which has kind of kept a number of things um, uh, kind of uh, like muted. Uh, But we will eventually come back we've talked about it but in the meantime the awesome slack room for life which uh, i can tell you is putting up pictures of delicious food like basically almost every day uh, now. yeah um andrew dacey's like near perfect steak it would look that thing look like a religious experience on a plate um look fantastic um i myself put up a new recipe last night we're not gonna talk about it now but it was delicious we should just talk about um, this in the bamboo lounge I'm going to save the Bamboo Lounge for something else. Oh, okay. But anyway, um, but we have people talking about role-playing games and and all sorts of stuff. And um, they're just like, they're just cool people. So if you can support us, please consider doing so. Um, it helps make everything possible on the network. Um, just everything from hosting to gear and all that stuff. So um, we thank you for your support. Uh, if you're already supporting us, that's great. Thank you. If you're not supporting us, don't worry about it. We understand there is a thing you can do for us that does not require any monetary contribution, which is just uh, put the word out. I just on Twitter the other day saw somebody post a thing that was like, hey, what podcast do you listen to? Bam, that right there. That is like, that's super good for us. Um just getting it out to other gamers, getting it out on social media. Um, like if we put it up, like we just look like we're advertising, right? I mean, Which is fine. We, we do are. that. Like, <laughs> no, no. When we do it, it's fine. It's advertising. It's our show. We're proud of it. And we try to like, we'll put it out there. When it comes from you guys, that's different. Um, that's not advertising. That's word of mouth. And that's people sharing what they like. Um, and that's important because that's, I'll be honest, that's how I pick up stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I pick up some stuff by advertising, but if I see people that I know on my Twitter talking about a game or a podcast or whatever, I'm apt to be like, hmm, if those people like it, I probably will like it too. So that's what happens. So please um, share it out. Talk about us um, where, you know, where appropriate. Don't shove it down people's throats. But like if somebody asks where your favorite podcast is, please jump in, tell them. Senda, what's the impersonal version of that, right? Like, there's a soulless, impersonal version of that that's somewhat valuable to us, and we still think it's important because we keep bringing it up. But what is it? Um, You could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice because every new review is like telling a stranger that you like our show, along with giving us warm, happy, artistic validation feelings right in our tummies like we eat lots of bamboo. That's it. That's it. Okay. Thanks. We need to roll on out of here. Say, send (laughs) in uh, our past campaign, what's one thing that surprised you? Oh, um, definitely the man in the book. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got.
Weave. Wave forms. There we go. Forms. I was just supposed to say forms, not wave. That's okay. I think it, it were, was like a build-up kind of thing. There were fun hand gestures that accompanied it that no one will be able to see. Delightful. Ooh, okay. A lot of... Wow. Clear all notifications on my watch. Too many. <laughs> Start over. I feel okay. like uh, Ben 10 every time I close my watch. Uh, yeah, because it's like... Because they say like if you cover it, like you can just like not like stop touching it, it'll turn off. But if you put your hand over it, like the screen automatically goes dark. So I, I'm just like Ben 10. I keep like I keep like hitting it like it's my Omni thingy. Okay. I, I don't know how much Ben 10 you remember. My nephews, I don't remember my nephews were my nephews were into Ben 10. It was a, a cartoon show. Yes. Early, early baby, early baby millennials. Or, or, yeah, baby millennials? Yeah, baby, no, late millennials. Late millennials will know. You are a baby millennial. Yeah, I was like, I'm not a late millennial. I'm like the very, very beginning cusp. Yeah, you're on the cusp of uh, X and millennial. Yeah, I'm actually like the weird, um, people actually talk about micro generations when they talk about my specific time range. So, yeah, because I'm like just a little too early for most of the stuff with the millennials, but just a little too late for all the Gen X stuff. And some weird combination is me. Anyway, anyway. Are you ready? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Get ready to mark the time. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Got my bracelet on. Bad clicky noises will happen. Oh, oh. I threw it on the floor. Hey, don't throw that on the floor. Okay. All right. All right, here we go. Bloop. It's like, boom, boom. <laughs> 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 <laughs>